Hello and welcome to a Chicago edition of the Warriors All-82 podcast. I am in Chicago. Marcus Thompson is not. The Warriors blew out the Bulls. How are you, sir? Was it was it cold? Yeah, I just walked out of the arena and it was snowing, like on the ground. And like kind of bushy snow. It's probably like right around like 32 degrees, nothing crazy. Although Minnesota's going to be like 15 and I'll be there in several hours from now I'm, so i miss this trip the the winter trip uh, i love chicago i actually like minnesota but i like the snow you know us california boys don't get to see the snow that much so i kind of wish i was there you know the the best snow trip so far denver had like a blizzard when i was there not even to cover a game to cover a clay thompson practice i think we talked about it but that was like the prettiest looking snow this is more i just walked out it was like kind of mushy on the cement and you know cars driving over and it's good grimy chicago snow huh it's a little it is enough to get the shoes dirty that darnell mayberry you know what i'm saying rugged i'll tell you what wasn't cold the golden state warriors offense finally finally they were in a cold weather city the night before they were cold they were down you see this stat, the Warriors pulled out, shout out to Daryl Arata from the Warriors. They just became the second team in history that were down by 30 or more uh, in one game and then at halftime in one game. And then the next game, they're up by 30 or more at halftime. Yeah, uh, ESPN had a stat saying the, the 39 half-point deficit to the 31 half-point, 31-point halftime lead was – that's a 70-point swing, which is the largest in a back-to-back since, like, 55 or something like that. I mean, it's it's actually I, – I was jarred by it. I was surprised. Uh, I figured Chicago would play, like, hungrier because they just got smacked. But I did think the Warriors would, like, kind of bring it after getting blown out. So I thought we'd have a good game. And yeah. turns out we did not. But I do think Zach Levine getting hurt was a was a big deal. Yeah, for sure. But, like, you know, the game was going to trend this direction anyways. The Warriors were hot. And also, like, I did feel what you're saying where I thought the fact that Steph Curry played in the game was a sign that, like, look, they're kind of – they want to write what went wrong the night before. Because Steph had sat, I think, one side of the last three back-to-backs. I was kind of curious if he was going to play. And he did. Um, you know, no Peyton, though. No Draymond. No Clay. obviously, resting. Um and I just, I, I would be, you know, if you're looking at this, I think, like, as somebody just uh, an objective observer, I think you're more disappointed with what Chicago did do as opposed to what the Warriors did. But, you know, they did their job. They kind of, I guess, quelled any growing concerns, at least for now. Uh, and within that, a few interesting things happened. Obviously, I'll probably start with Kaminga. Is that where you, that's what I wrote about postgame. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure you did. Uh I mean, Kaminga was the most interesting part of the game to me. Uh, and I'm I'm with you. Like, Chicago is very disappointing. I'm, I like Chicago. Uh, I think they're, I, you know, I had them pretty high before the season, and they kind of exceeded expectations. But I do think, like, Kaminga is a problem, man. Like, he's so athletic and so physical and so big. Man, DeRozan had a tough time. Again, the same formula we saw when they played in 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 the Bay. Remember uh, when he drew the foul on Kaminga, and then the rest of the time, like Kaminga was staying down, and you could see on TV. I don't know if you saw it live, but on TV, 
you could see Kerr and Kaminga like laughing about it. Like he was like, "Oh, he got me again. I forgot." And then he did really good on DeRozan, and especially with Levine out of the game, you take DeRozan away. That's that that team's pretty much done. So I, to me, he was the most interesting dude out there. I, it's just gonna be hard for Steve to not put this guy in the rotation like i mean this is this is crazy because this didn't happen on a game where they just sat everybody out and didn't care like this happened in a game they needed to win like they needed this and he provided he provided something they just didn't have which was rim pressure and just athletic explosion so like at some point i don't know how long he can keep him out of this out of this lineup if if he's looking like this so DeRozan uh, had a pump fake on Wiggins very early in the game. Wiggins jumped at it, and he got to the line because of it. And right when that happened, I looked over. Steve Kerr does two things. First, puts his head down like, damn it, Wiggins. And then immediately gets up, walks like four players down the bench to Kaminga and starts talking to Kaminga about the play. And like right there, you're like, oh, he's definitely planning to use DeRozan for parts of this night. And then, yeah, he came in. He, you know, he held up well in that matchup, but even – to me, more, I mean, importantly, he scored 25 points. He was the leading scorer. He had, like, four dunks. He hit a couple threes. Uh, he got out in transition. I thought he had a, you know, the play, I, every time it happens, I mention it, but Steph Curry setting the inverted screen for him, and Steph Curry's defender never wants to leave him, so Kaminga just kind of curls downhill. It gets him a dunk, like, almost every time. Uh, he had three blocks, including a hustle block in the fourth quarter that uh, I mentioned in my story for, for an obvious reason. If you read the story, three assists, a couple very nice assists. Um, so it was his best game as a pro, um, but I don't think that guarantees Jonathan Kaminga rotation minutes on a nightly basis. Of course because, it doesn't. <laughs> no, because Steve Kerr and this veteran team don't believe at this point they're can he get that Jonathan coming on a nightly basis? They're trying to find, figure that out. But what I wrote about, basically, Steve Kerr, you know who he can, uh, I don't even want to say compare Jonathan Kuminga to postgame, but who he mentioned he wants Kuminga to play like. Sean Marion, right? Sean Marion, yes. Yeah. Um, and it was the same conversation with Jordan Bell, right? Like, run the floor hard. Before, you, before we talk about anything else, I want you to run the floor hard every time. Like, I remember the same conversation with Jordan Bell. Kuminga and Kerr sat down and looked at film recently. And Kerr, I guess, brought a bunch of clips of him not running the floor. And I, I, I went back and, you know, it's not hard to find them. Um, so I just went back to a random game where Kaminga played some minutes, found one where he didn't put it in my story. You know, it, it, he floats a lot. It's, like, different than the Andrew Wiggins floating. But it's, like, kind of similar, right, He when he just – isn't using the athletic gifts that he has to just like make an impact. And obviously um, it's a, it's the weird balance that the Warriors have to strike of like trying to develop them into like the best version of what he can be five years down the line, which could be Pascal Siakam, could be Paul George, you know, name your superstar three, four wing who, you know, is dominant. And that's what Kaminga believes he can be. And I think in a lot of ways, that's what he wants to, part of his rookie year to be like developing that part of his game. But the Warriors, again, as we've talked about all year, it's like the underlying storyline of this whole team want to win now. And uh, Steph Curry had a diplomatic way of saying tonight, he doesn't really care about the development of what these guys are going to be. It kind of matters what's going on right now. And for right now, I guess Curry's point is like, he needs to play like Sean Mary, which is like, you're never really featured much on offense. It's all, it's all, you get everything off hustle. 
And if you just hustle really hard, like Sean Marion did, you'll be a, you know, basically Sean Marion was a fringe all-star because he just hustled. Yeah, fringe Hall of Famer. Yeah. <laughs> right? Because he, yeah, I, I do think, like, obviously we know Kerr is playing the long game with this. Um, and obviously, like, there's probably some truth to it. Like, you know, it's I, I think it is difficult. It's a difficult skill to to just have that motor going where you're running all the time. Uh, because also at the same time, he's got to slow down once he has the ball, right? He's got to slow down and think while he's out there. And it's difficult to shift that gear full speed and then slow down and think. Tonight was an example of Kaminga thinking through the game. Like like you said, curling off that, that Steph Curry pick and getting the dunk. You could see him literally taking time on his three-pointers. Like, you know, like making sure everything is okay instead of just jacking it up. Good, smart shots. Like picking the driving lanes. There was one play where, I mean, I tweeted this, but I thought it was Andre Iguodala. Guy gets a rebound, dribbles up, and, like, slows up to get the right angle, passes it to Steph on the left wing, Steph hits the three, and then I look at this Kaminga, and it's, like, his ability to kind of, like, he can read, he's got to read the game and see it and make the smart passes, and I think that is that conflict with this idea of running at full speed, like your hair's on fire. I just think it takes some time to get. Jordan, Jordan Bell is a super athlete right one of them dudes incredibly fast he just couldn't get it couldn't register to just sprint all out and we saw tonight too if he if he gets a few layups and gets to the rim it helps his shot it helps his whole game so if he can figure it out like that's those are buckets those are buckets he can get but i think this kind of goes along with what you've been saying since the preseason and, you know, a night like tonight kind of vindicates or validates the Warriors' plan of, like, piecing it together and taking their time. But how do you learn this without playing, right? He doesn't, mm-hmm. he doesn't look like this in the G League, right? It doesn't even look – I don't even know if the G League is helping him. Maybe it is, but he Moody's doesn't look like this player in the G League. League. Moody's balling. and He balled again tonight, right? Uh, yeah, he, he went for 30 they, – they went down to this Mississippi game in the G League right before the Memphis game, and Moody had 37. Kaminga had, like, a quiet 11 and didn't play that well and then, like, sat the Memphis game because, I guess, knee soreness. Um, and then, yeah, Moody scoring 32 in the G League tonight, and Kaminga's like – you know, looking like an all-star in Chicago on ESPN. It's been kind of odd how Kuminga hasn't really exploded in the G League. Um, but, you know, it's – Kuminga, it's so in and out with him. And, again, like, I, I, you know, it's tantalizing what you see tonight. But I remember they started him against the Kings. Um, and he played six of the lowest energy, inattentive minutes you've ever seen and then left with like back tightness very mysteriously where he went to the back and it was during the health and safety protocol like part of the season where it was like uh did they just pull like did he just maybe test positive and they're like no he's in the back stretching he's he'll probably be back soon and then it was like oh he's questionable return okay he's not returning and it was like i don't he just has these weird like super ineffective nights i remember they were they were in cleveland and he was so bad in the first half in cleveland that JTA took over his spot in the second half. And then JTA had, like, a big moment where he, you know, it was his night. He was the hustle, like, injection of energy. So we know how this team works. We know how Steve Kerr works. We know the situation where, look, Kaminga clearly has earned a rotation spot 
on Sunday in Minneapolis, but that's the first half rotation spot that if he does not perform well and hustle, that's JTA spot in the second half because that's just how it works. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I think a part of the issue uh, is like they don't see him as a five too. So he's got to play minutes at four or even three. But like so essentially they, they're going without Draymond. They're going from Looney to Bielitsa. As the as the big and even Andre Iguodala, like remember last game Iguodala was playing super small ball center, but Kerr seems to want him next to a big. He wants him next to a Bielitsa or or a Looney. But I, I think, man, I don't know. I feel like they can experiment at least with Kaminga at five, especially if he's on the floor with Steph. There's they're like the space that Steph creates. Like if you attack it. It works, and he att- he attacks it. He's got to attack it. He's got to actually do it. But when he's in attack mode, and like these are lanes that are being created, like he he feels like he can get there. And Jordan Poole felt like he could get there a little bit tonight too. You could see him going to the hole more, but it's not like fake. Get a little contact, pull it back out, or don't want to shoot, pull it back out. Like Kaminga's going to the rim. And to me, that that is a skill worth having, especially while you're struggling. So maybe put him at the five. I don't think I'm with you. Steve's not going to do it. They want to see consistency in his in the outings they do give him. But man, I I don't know, bro. I think I've seen enough. <laughs> I'm all I'm all ready for more Kaminga. Yeah, for sure. And look, I, to me, the trend of Steve Kerr and Kaminga this season has been like reward him for a chunk of games. I mean, remember he played well again in that Bulls game at home. So then he played in Charlotte when we were there and he played pretty well in Charlotte. So he played in Brooklyn and he played solidly in Brooklyn. And then what happened? Remember that road trip goes to Cleveland and it was that Cleveland game I'm mentioning. And he was like a big reason why they were like so low energy. And then, then boom, JTA who had been out of the rotation has the nice night there. And then suddenly he was JTA's rotation spot for a couple weeks. So, uh, Kaminga, the, the truth of the truth about this season for a guy like Jonathan Kaminga is like he's going to like he just basically earns himself another game, and then in that game he has to earn himself another game, and like you know, so he, he's going to have this little structure where he's in the rotation, but with as deep as they are, with the fact that Draymond's probably coming back at the beginning of the next homestand, like this rotation spot could be taken away from he's him. He's got one game, games. huh? He's got yeah. one game left. <laughs> yeah, I mean. That's funny. You know who else has one game? No, he doesn't even have any more games, right? Jordan Poole as the starter. Yeah. I wonder, is there a scenario where Jordan Poole and Clay can start? No. There's just not one, huh? 
No, because look, I mean, let's go through it. Steph Curry's going to start. Andrew Wiggins is going to start. Draymond Green is going to start. And I mean, while while on. Green is out, maybe while Green oh, is out. Oh yeah, sure. Um, and maybe if Gary Payton can't play Sunday, um, well, I would actually say you should start Jordan Poole. Just go super small, especially against the Timberwolves. You could start Curry, uh, Clay, Poole, Wiggins, Looney. Not only could you, that's literally how they started the second half in Milwaukee. The Milwaukee it was a good yeah, second yeah, half. That's right, yeah. Because Peyton had left with a back tight with back tightness. A second half that Curb credited tonight's win for, right? Like they won by twenty in the second half against Milwaukee and, and forced forced Giannis back into the game. The the moral victories that get that get you through Slater. You can't overlook the moral victories. The moral victories. Um, he was really about that. You know what was the moral victory? And this isn't a moral victory. This is actually a helpful victory they had. He played. He was able in that blowout loss to play Clay Thompson um, for ten straight minutes to start the third because he knew he wasn't going to need him to close the game. And Clay got through that well. And now that they're bumping his minutes up, expect about twenty-four Clay Thompson minutes on Sunday. So that's slightly newsy. Um, I wanted to make this a quick podcast, so I just wanted to wait. Wait, quick... what is that rotation going to be? Did he say? Is no, but be... I assume it's going to be six and six, like six on the front, six on the back of the hat. You know, first six minutes of the first quarter. So last the same, just adding, as adding add, like a few add, minutes. Add one minute in each quarter, essentially. Which, yeah. like, you feel that he's literally that now we'll be playing half the game. You know, if you go, you're just playing half of every quarter. That's you know. I was wondering if he would break it up. Yeah, he is. I was just wondering if he would break it up instead of having that long break. But the break isn't that much longer if he's if he's staying longer. I mean, it's still a legit break in between. But but also, if it's a blowout, he'll bring him in early, (laughs) right? Yeah. So yeah, Um, it's just like look, Clay looks and feels really good. It sounds like so. I mean, it's to me, it's trending towards like by the All Star break, he's gonna be up over thirty. I think so. That's, Man, he looks ready now, though. But I mean, he I he he looks like it. But obviously, you know, there's a lot of things they need to factor in. But yeah, 24. I wonder. I can imagine he's pressing them for more minutes. Like the way he looks, he looks like he feels good. And, and he, he already is like clearly like, especially you know tonight notwithstanding, like he is up very much an offensive boost that shot, and they've needed that so. I think they're kind of itching to play him more. He's certainly getting up enough shots in his time, that's for sure. Yeah. In the Memphis game, he you could tell he was like, when can I put Clay back in? Like, he was really wanting to get him back in because Clay was playing pretty good that night, and they were, like, really trying to win that game. Um, I wanted to – the last thing, I wanted to go back to what you said uh, on pool because I think you were generally trying to get to – uh, a point to be made about like Jordan Poole, Clay Thompson arrived on the scene. Jordan Poole went to the bench uh, and was really quiet for all three of Clay Thompson's game. He's well, didn't do much. And then tonight he starts, it's like eight quick points, super aggressive ends up scoring, I think 21 and even Wiggins who was uh, Wiggins was very quiet in the non pool or in the clay games was aggressive tonight too. What do you think about those two? I mean, Poole probably more than Wiggins, but, like trying to bring what they brought tonight to the games where Clay is involved. It's tough, man. Clay, I mean, you know, Clay isn't really moving the ball. <laughs> you know what no. I'm saying? So it's not like anybody can develop a rhythm with him just kind of 
going for his like that, you know. Um, he's getting off 14 shots in 20 minutes uh, of play. So, like, it's not exactly 18 shots in 20 minutes, but that's a lot of shots in that little time. You could see the freedom that they had. Like, Jordan Poole had the ball in his hands a lot. Like, Steph's off the ball, and Jordan Poole's running the show, and he can kind of, like, create at his own whim. Wiggins, they put how many times they post him up? Like <laughs> they posted him up all first half. It felt like every every time down. Yeah. So, like without Clay there, I, I do think there's a comfort zone that they've developed after all this time. Especially Wiggins, right? This is two years uh, of this. So I think it's gonna be tough, and I think it's gonna be a bit on Clay to kind of get into the offense uh, and, and, the, and the short windows he's playing, it makes him a hired gun, right? Like it, it, it kind of puts him in the role of, Hey, come in, be, you know, be a huckleberry and get these buckets. But as he gets more minutes and it's not just going to be all about, you know, going in to be an assassin. Now they can move the ball. He can work and get some of these, like develop the comfort. You could just see the difference. It was huge difference. Wiggins' shots were different. Like how he got to the shots were different. And Jordan Poole had the ball a lot. Uh, and that just what that just doesn't happen very much without Clay in the game. And I do think Gary Payton the second not being there helped Jordan Poole too, because that's another dude who's kind of eating into Jordan Poole's minutes. Yep. Yep. No doubt. So I mean, yeah, it's. I think Wiggins will be able to adapt. Now, the concern with Wiggins is, you know, you take some of that food off his table while suddenly he's playing, like, you know, less intense defense. He's not rebounding as aggressively. He's just, like, he's leaving less of an imprint on the game. Or he missed a couple shots and then it's like he's cold. You know what I'm saying? Like, he he won't get it for a while. Yeah, and... So there is concern with Wiggins, but a pool to me is the bigger one because like he's been so dynamic for them. It's so much of what they needed, and uh, he if he is the pool you saw to open the game tonight, like regularly when Steph is off the floor, like they they have, I mean like that that's forty eight like pretty dy- somebody that's dynamic for forty eight minutes. So uh, we'll see though. You know that'll that's what the next really month, two months, three months are about. So other than that, anything else for you deciding? Hey man, where, where are we? Uh, where are you eating tonight? I'm thinking oh, about it's like, going. It's like one thirty, huh? No, it's twelve thirty. Twelve thirty. I was actually just texting with a couple of people. There's a place called Elephant and Castle near me. I might go to because that a lot of this, you know this is. It's a big league city. It's a real, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's real legit out there. Like it's it's options. Yeah, I love snow at one a.m. and you can still go find options. So. Yeah, I love Chicago. Have fun, be safe because uh, it's going down in Minnesota. You're gonna need like a mask and all that. Like not like a COVID mask, but like a cover your nose because it's burning from the cold. Yeah, in like Minnesota. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who are you taking? Have at it. Niners Cowboys, who are you taking? Get you on the record. Niners winning that. Come on. I'm taking Cowboys. Of course you are. You still mad about Brian Flores getting fired? They act like it's the Niners' fault. All right, I'm ending this podcast. (laughs) We will talk to you next week. Omaha. Omaha.